If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 99.7 FM. Good afternoon to you, our cherished and descending listeners. It's another beautiful and blessed Wednesday, and we are happy to bring you another exciting edition of your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle Good Energy, Goyle Yenara Yedia. Masterclass is also powered by Lancaster University. They have the only British university campus in all of West Africa for a university. So if you're looking to further your education, please consider Lancaster University. My name, as always, is Yabanafo, and I'm excited to bring you today's edition of Masterclass. We were unable to bring you Masterclass last week because we were beaming the AFCON match live. Well done to the Black Stars. Better luck next time. For those who lost bets, better luck next time. We continue with our conversations today here on Masterclass. We started the conversation earlier on, week before last, on leadership. And we spent some time here with uh, my very good friend, Mr. Martin Atafin, who's also the CEO of Afri Consult. He has the kind of resume that I always say um, is very impressive. Um, Martin has done a lot of work, some work for, he was a chief operating officer of Stratcom Africa at some point. He's done some work for GIZ, UNIDO, AGI, UNFP, Ministry of Food, Works and Housing, and a few other institutions as well. Um, he's very well-versed. He used to work with Deloitte West Africa in consulting. He's done some work for Anglo Gold Ashanti, and the resume goes on and on. So clearly we are in very good hands this afternoon, and we're going to be looking at the conversation on leadership. We can never fully exhaust the conversation on any topic when it comes to management because the different perspectives and the different occurrences in our experiences every day sharpen us and make us learn more. I always say that life is too short to make all the mistakes ourselves. So therefore, we learn from other people. Earlier on, Taka, I think about two years ago, Taka Awari had the same conversation with us. And it was a beautiful conversation. Taka, good afternoon to you. You're listening to us. But Martin, today when I saw your slides for, the, for, the, for this show, a lot of slides, a lot of information. I'm excited because people get pro bono information here on Masterclass. Information you would have hitherto had to pay for and get certified for. But Joy FM says we give it to you for free because we cherish your custom. And so we're going to be sharing a lot of information today. We're also streaming live on Facebook for those of us who like to take notes. So by all means, follow us on Facebook and make some notes. The, sh- the slides will be shared on that as well. At some point, we'll get interactive and then we'll take your phone calls and comments. I'm excited that we're back here 
um, morning after we lost our game to Comoros. I'm not even going to go into that. Coming on to the set, a, a few of my friends have lost some bets, so um, but some are also collecting. Um, leadership. <laughs> Let's talk about leadership. Last week, we spent some time talking about leadership. We introduced the conversation, a different aspect of it, if you like. Yes. And sometimes leadership is like one of those conversations we had with like project management, where at the end of the session, the resource person made it look like everything is a project, <laughs> including marriage. Absolutely. Relationships. <laughs> now, if you look at leadership, you will think that everything is somewhat affected by leadership. It's the biggest conversation in our country today, in various fields of endeavor, in our companies. But we're talking today to our business owners, to our entrepreneurs. Those are the people who are dear to our heart. It is because of you that we put together this show. We spoke about conscious competence, unconscious competence, and the reverse. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it. But let's continue that conversation, do a bit of a recap if you like, and then let's go straight into today's conversation. Today, I believe we'll be looking at the styles of leadership, which mm-hmm. ones are should I say preferred for which um, situation and which ones are not preferred for which situation. Um, I was going to give the quote by Alexander the Great, but I will save that for when we get interactive. <laughs> Martin, you're welcome to the show. Thank, thank you very much, Yao. Thank you very much. I was smiling when you said, well, well done to the Black Stars. Uh, well, that's that's well leadership. Done. I mean, that's leadership. I mean, yeah, those you're guys, actually encouraging them to do better. No, they tried. Yes, they tried. Absolutely. They I mean, did their best. Some of my friends who are complaining, they don't play football. They should, <laughs> I'll be good and cool. They should keep quiet. They don't play football. <laughs> Yes, yes. No, they, they, they did what, what, what they yeah, could do, yeah. uh, the circumstances. So, in fact, the next time, I think they'll do better. Yes, they have I learned, think so, too. We've all learned our lessons. Yeah. Okay, great. So, thank you very much for the opportunity. Yesterday, somebody was telling me that Masterclass is actually an MBA class. Wow. Because what he learns on Masterclass every time, put together, he should be able to get an NBA certificate. So, well done. Maybe, Joy. at some point, <laughs> maybe Joy FM will begin to look at certifying this course. <laughs> some institu- academic institution. You yes. never know. You never know. And then maybe you will become a resource person in the <laughs> academy as well. In the academy. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk leadership. Yes. Yes. Um, last week, we uh, tried to introduce leadership. We talked about the fact that a lot of uh, companies are overmanaged and underled because there are many more managers than than there may be there may be leaders so we try to um, differentiate what leadership is from what management is and we say that leadership is about influencing and getting people to believe in your vision and then for you to achieve your goals and then we said management is more about administering and making sure that the day-to-day act, uh, tasks uh, are done. done. Yes. So um, we refer to uh, um, Colin Powell, who said that uh, leadership is the art of accomplishing more than what the science of management says it's mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. So we went further to look at the critical leadership roles. We said that uh, uh, a leader has to be a mentor and coach because you have to build and foster the next generation of leaders and mentor those who are under you. A leadership has to be a relationship builder. You need to build relationships, not only with your team, with also your, your, your clients, your stakeholders, your colleagues. A leadership has to be an innovator because you need to think on your feet and innovate to be able to get people across the Jordan. A leadership has to be a communicator. When you have your vision and you've crafted it, you need to communicate it in such a way that everybody will be able to tap into it. Mm-hmm. And you should be a decisive and a decision maker. Make decisions when there are tough choices to make so that your organization can move on. And a leadership, particularly in present times, has to be a global citizen. 
understand what is happening globally, guide your organization to be able to appreciate and tap into the global world. So after that, then we broke it down into four key areas where we say uh, we talked about leadership effectiveness. Uh, uh, for leadership to be effective, there has to be vision created, commitment developed, results achieved. And then the last bit, which is very important, and it, it, it taps into what we are discussing today, is developing yourself. A leader needs to, uh, in fact, self-develop. Add value to yourself. Add value to yourself consistently. Constant, uh, continuous learning, growing your career, and also soliciting information from others mm -hmm. to, be, to be sure that you are actually going the right direction. So, in a nutshell... That is what we discussed. So that sort of week. set the tone for the conversation. I mean, before we go straight into what we are doing today, one of the things that stuck with me as you as you spoke, <clears throat> that stands out for me strongly, is the ability of a leader to communicate. And, and if you're listening to us, you're a business owner. You know, sometimes we let pride get in the way, especially if you are also the owner of the business and you're also the CEO. Today, there's a lot of skill for hire. You don't have to be the jack of all trades. You don't have to be the one who's doing everything. Absolutely. So if you if you have put together your plan, today people pay people to do their strategies for them. Absolutely. When you've done that, in communicating it, when you talk to me and I don't hear your heart, I haven't heard you. You haven't like communicated. Like you that. say, I told them, I wrote to them, I told them, I decided in training. You yes. spoke to them. Maybe you spoke at them. You didn't speak to them. There's a difference. Exactly. You were talking exactly. over their heads. Exactly. But people are skilled to communicate. Leverage on that as a business owner for growth. For growth, yeah. absolutely. And you need to consciously be aware of the value proposition, the employee value proposition. Because for them, like you said, if they're not connected with their hearts, employees are not connected with their hearts and their minds, they are not doing their work. They'll just work like, like zombies because you're asking them to do it. They'll do it. So how do you communicate for them to connect with their There's hearts? There's this quick um, joke I'll just share, then we go straight into today. So a mother's dressing up a child for school. And he keeps getting up and says, sit down. Every time he gets up, he says, sit down. And let me just sit down. And he keeps getting up. So one time, the child stands up. And he hears the child says, sit down and let me comb your hair. So the child sits down. After two minutes, he says, mommy. He says, what is it? He says, even though I'm sitting down, in my heart, I'm standing. <laughs> I like that. I think that's the best example of not communicating to an employee. To, to an employee. And you can use force. Absolutely. What are we doing today? Let's go straight into it. <laughs> today, we are talking about leadership styles. Right. You know, that is um, the leader's characteristic behaviors. When you are directing or you are motivating or you are influencing people to achieve a certain goal, what is the dominant behavior that comes out? That is your um, leadership style. Now, some of the leaders, some, there's a dominant part of it that makes you be called uh, or be labeled a certain particular type of leader. Mm. However... Even that type of leader sometimes get opportunity to exhibit other styles depending on the situation in, in which he finds himself. There are several uh, leadership styles. In fact, uh, if you research, you find loads of them. I can, I can mention a, a coach who is kind of motivational, a visionary leader who um, is progress-focused and uh, inspirational, a servant leader. Last week we talked about servant leadership who is humble and then allows other people to be able to uh, uh, take uh, uh, leadership roles in the organization. The autocratic leader who's, who is like, do as I say. Um, the laissez-faire leader, we mentioned the last one, who pretty much leaves the leadership to everybody else and does not want to hurt anyone. Um, <laughs> democratic leader, uh, the, the pace setter, 
who tries to uh, uh, set a pace and then pushes people to achieve it. We have the transformational leader who is challenging, who is uh, uh, communicative and wants to transform not only himself, the organization and the people in it, the transactional leader who is more performance focused and performance oriented. And then you have the bureaucratic leader who looks at things more on a hierarchical level because I am at this level and somebody is below. You can't talk to me like that. can't talk to me in a certain way. (laughs) So those are just 10 of them. But there are several that you can can deal with. I will will speak to about four of the areas because of time so that we can drill down into into other areas that are also interested and excited. Yeah. So I'll speak to the autocratic leader. A leader that makes decisions without reference to anyone, you know, that's the that's the kind of leader that uh, uh, that's the kind of person the autocratic leader is, and you find that in such a situation there's high dependency on that kind of leader. In a situation like that, you can see that he can you the, the staff gets alienated and become a bit demotivated because they won't do anything until he comes and says because if they do otherwise he, they might just be in trouble. It might not be a very good thing, but it might be valuable in some businesses where decisions need to be made quickly and, decis- and people need to be driven to do the, the work that they have to do. And then we can still talk about the democratic leader who actually uh, uh, encourages consultation. <coughs> and if he has to drive uh, 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 some work to be done, he will look at you know, persuading people so he's more persuasive. And it, he allows workers to feel kind of an ownership in the organization. That helps to improve ideas and experiences. However, decisions can be delayed because you have to go around for everybody to accept and be part of it before you, 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 you do some work. So that's, that can be a bit uh, uh, challenging there as well. And then we have the laissez-faire uh, uh, leadership or free reign leadership. In fact, that is non-leadership because you're not actually leading. This is the kind of leader who abdicates authority and responsibility uh, to others, and that can create chaos. Would this be the leader who leads from the back? I, I'll say sometimes even the seven leadership leads from the back. Mm. Uh, the fair leadership uh, doesn't even lead. He doesn't lead at all. Be, basically, he's there in name. Everything else is being done by by somebody else. Um, he won't challenge anyone. He will just stay put and say, allow people to do what they, they have. To. In fact, you have derelicted your 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 leadership. Mm. So because of that, you know, it, there's a role, ambi- there'll be role ambiguity in the organization. There is somebody who is a leader in name, but there's somebody who is a leader in action. And therefore, the, the goals are not clearly defined. Responsibilities and outcome becomes a challenge. You know, and you find uh, a lot of the time there's a higher personal conflict in that organization. Right. And then there's an interesting part that I wanted to raise. Um, it, it wasn't in a time that I, I mentioned. This is the paternalistic leadership. Mm. You know, a dominant authority figure who acts like a patriarch or a matriarch, a mother. You know, you get into some organizations and they call in the, the leader, the daddy, and, <laughs> and, and, and mommy. That's a father and mother, everybody. Exactly. You know, so treating <clears throat> employees and partners as though they are members of an extended 
extended family and then and the expert loyalty and trust i go to an organization maybe even a a 60 year old employee is calling the 30 year old leader daddy you know and that kind of thing <laughs> you know so i mean those are four of some of the uh, um leadership styles that we can speak to um but it is like i said it is the dominant part of your style that actually is projected and then you you see it that way you know for someone to have a certain leadership style um deepak chopra indicates that followers and leaders co-create each other so the way that the, the followers behave allows the leader to behave in a certain way and then the way the leader also behaves allows the, the followers also that's actually very profound in a certain way um please repeat that again followers and leaders, leaders co-create, co-create each, each other. other absolutely and that's a matter of course that's a matter of course absolutely so the leader needs to influence the followers to deliver on a certain goal between the leader and the follower the influence bit is where the style shows up would it therefore be correct to say that if you do not like the kind of followers you have it's possibly a reflection of the kind of leadership you're giving out it's possible. And, and vice versa it's possible. If, you're, if, you're, if you're a follower or an employee who says my boss doesn't listen to anything he's always making decisions alone he's always doing that it's also possible that you are partly responsible for that kind of I'm not saying holy but you're partly responsible for that kind of leadership he's exhibiting. Absolutely. You know, a job needs to be done. There are followers. There are leaders. The followers are either willing to do the job or unwilling to do the job. The followers are either able to do the job, they have the capability to do it, or they don't have the capability to do it. So if you put that in a certain uh, uh, kind of uh, um, uh, matrix, mm-hmm. you'll find that um, there, are, there are those who are able to do the job but they are unwilling. Mm-hmm. What will the leader do? The leader has to be supportive and participative to be able to bring them along yeah. because they are unwilling. But they are those who are able to do the job, but they are and they are willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Such a person, you monitor, mm-hmm. you give him the task, monitor him to be able to deliver it. But then when you come to those who are unable to do it, there are those who are unable to do it. And they are still unwilling to do it. <laughs> Such even, a person, if I, even if I knew, I won't tell you. Exactly. <laughs> that kind of thing. So you direct the person. <clears throat> take this thing. Put it here. Sit down. Go there. You, you know, need to micromanage. You need to micromanage because he's unwilling to do it. So you make sure he does it. And, and he, he does not know how to do it or unable to do it either. So you have to micromanage. And right. that is a lot of, uh, a, a lot of um, work for you. But the, the part that you might even, you might even want to drill down is where the person is unable to do it, but he's willing to do it. Yeah. Then, that you, over there, you actually have to uh, provide a, uh, you know, create Support. a situation where there's task and uh, relationship orientation. Relationship meaning that spending more time uh, with the em- employee, getting him to be able to build the ca- uh, um, capability to do it, and then also giving him tasks that will allow him to build those capabilities to do it. So, task and relationship orientation so when you drill that one down a little bit you can look at how much people orientation or how much uh, uh, um, task orientation that would bring out a certain kind of style Mm -hmm. okay so if someone has uh, um, you know and, and let me put it this way your leadership style can either be effective or ineffective depending on the situation 
Right. Okay. So you can actually get into a certain situation where, uh, and I can, you can get into a certain situation, my style will be ineffective, but your style that you would use will be effective in that same kind of situation. So let's say we are looking at a situation where, uh, we, um, you know, I need to provide people and task orientation. Okay. Um, if I provide more uh, people orientation than a high people orientation and a low uh, task orientation, okay, there are leaders who will go in with, uh, uh, we'll call it a missionary style. I'm here to care for you. Because they are looking more at the people. They are more concerned about the people than the work, that kind of thing. So you find that the work suffers because he's spending time on the people. You're just a missionary. You're selling ice cream. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then there's there's a situation where um, there's low people orientation and low task orientation. That one, the leader, uh, uh, the ineffective uh, leader will be a deserter. You know, because you have low orientation for people, you have low orientation for, you for the task. Team. You're not you, there. You're deserting the you're team. You're, you're deserting the work. You're deserting the people. So that is where the laissez-faire leader uh, uh, shows up. Mm. Okay. And then a, situ- uh, a situation where there's high people orientation, high task orientation. The ineffective style would be when you are a compromiser. You are compromising. So well, let's meet halfway. Okay. Uh, but... No, so that even though there's high people orientation, you are not actually pushing to get a job done mm-hmm. fully. And then the autocratic leader comes when there's a high task orientation mm-hmm. and then low people orientation. They don't care about the people. They just want the task to be done. But when we flip it, mm-hmm. it can be effective. In a situation where you have a high people orientation but a low task orientation, you can be a developer, mentor the person so that he'll be able to deliver on the task. If it is a low task orientation and low people orientation, mm-hmm. instead of being a deserter, you can be, you know, look at it from the bureaucratic perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how our structure is. Process driven. Process driven. Get the work done, you know. And then when it is a high task orientation and a low people orientation, you become, you know, Yes, uh, an autocrat, but a benevolent autocrat. You know, those are the people who would get uh, get you to do some work, and you are wondering, how did I get I you to, do, to this? do this? He tells you to do something in a very nice way, and you want to refuse, but you are unable to refuse. You agree before you, you, <laughs> you can you realize say, absolutely. And some there are some people who are very good at that. Of course, the ideal is the executive who will look at it and say, ah. Um, this is good for you. That has done. It is good for you. It's good for the company. Okay. Let's all come together and and build. Those are the high people orientation and high task orientation mm-hmm. uh, leadership. So those are the styles that pops up that will be more effective than the first one that we discussed. Right. But for me, my preferred style is the facilitative style. It doesn't fit in all of this, but it helps in all the all the situation. The facilitative leaders coach, the mentor. They sponsor, they teach, they lead. So you actually facilitate people to the point where they will deliver what you you will they will they will have to do. Mm-hmm. And so you have to develop some facilitation skills. And you know, like uh, if you, are, you if you if you teach if you uh, train, facilitation is different from teaching. Mm-hmm. Teaching is talking at them, as you mentioned. Uh, facilitation is inspiring them to be able to do it so that Being they can with, le- them. with them so they can learn. So, because ultimately, the others must have to trust you, 
They must have to have faith in you and believe in you. Mm-hmm. And then they will end up doing the work. At the end of the day, they will come back and say, we did it ourselves. Exactly. Are you the leader knows you actually drove them. You have to, to guide them to do it. Absolutely. Impressive. So much information here. We'll still share a bit more before we get interactive. This is Masterclass here on Superstation Joy 99.7. We're spending time here with Mr. Martin Atafin, CEO of Afri Consult, and we're sharing some thoughts on leadership. We'll be coming to you shortly to get your ideas on what kind of leadership style you're using to run your company or your business. Oftentimes, we talk about different styles of leadership, but one thing he said this afternoon that is, is staying with me is that we should not make choices of the styles of leadership in isolation. It should be mapped directly to the situation that you're running. And therefore, depending on the kind of industry you're in, if you're in the manufacturing industry, your style of leadership should be different. If you're in an office industry, your style of leadership will be different. If you're in um, an engineering industry, it will be different. Depending on where you are, there is a preferred set of leadership styles that one should should, should adopt. Absolutely. Let's share a few more thoughts before we get interactive. Absolutely. So just as you're saying, depending on your, uh, uh, what is to be done, and who you're leading. So that situation would help, and then your dominant style will come out. So even as you uh, uh, want to do that, you need to understand yourself and understand, uh, um, know yourself, understand um, where your strengths are, where your uh, weaknesses are, to be able to build yourself, to be able to lead the people that you're leading. So I'll speak a little bit about the uh, Johari window. You know, um, I can say that it's a, it's a, it's, uh, take a, a situation of a horse. Mm-hmm. It is definitely difficult for you to sit on a horse every day for the horse not to have an opinion of you. The horse would know <laughs> you are light or you are heavy. <laughs> you are the ones, if you want to ride this direction, or if this man sits on me, he pulls the rein too tight. This one doesn't pull the rein at all. This one kicks me in the rib. This one, the horse has an opinion on you. By the time you sit on that horse three times, they know. They know, they know. You know, so they know the difference. And also, it is also... Um, possible that you will sit on a horse every day and not have even one opinion about the horse and not know um, any, have any thought about it, just the horse, take me here and the person, so that is how which is what most people do when they drive their cars, they don't check they, they, whether, they don't, there's, whether there's oil, whether there's, there's, water, water, whether there's water they just move, you know and so, and that is how some people work with their, with their, with their teams their teams have opinion of them but they don't really know or care about about them, about about the team. So it's important for you to consistently find a way to check. If it is not measured, it is not done. Check, mm. you know, to see where where do you sit with the leadership? What is the opinion of people? So you have to find different tools that helps you to measure it. But one of the things that I can talk about is the Johari window. Mm-hmm. You know, because today I'll say, leader, know thyself. Yeah. Okay. So the, the Johari window allows you to look at things, your, your biases and your unconscious biases and be able to drive it, uh, for you to be able to drive your leadership, um, um, what, what, what do you call it, your de- leadership efforts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, with everyone, there is um, stuff that, uh, about yourself that you know mm-hmm. and then there's stuff that you don't know. Yes. And then there's stuff about you that others know and there's stuff about you that they don't know. They don't know. And then there's stuff about you that others don't know and you also don't know mm-hmm. at all and depending on which window is bigger you operate in a certain way and that also impacts on your leadership yeah. okay so for for example the ideal johari window is when the the, the larger window is 
what is known to you and then what is known to others is, is large, is, is heavy. So that the un, what is unknown to you is small, what is unknown to others is also small, and what is unknown to both of you is small. That is the ideal window. So you minimize the shocks and surprises. You minimize the shocks and surprises. Mm-hmm. The, uh, these, such leaders are open, they are non-defensive, they are self-aware, they are willing to share information and thoughts and feelings. So they are transparent. They are open to, you know, but it's just that when you overdo it, uh, people see you as naive because they expect a leader to be a bit more mysterious. <laughs> speak very little. Speak very Listen little. A lot. Exactly. You know, so then you find that the, the next uh, uh, window will be when the leader actually, and that's a lot, we have a lot more of that. The, w- what you know about him is very little. The public knowledge is little. And the private knowledge is is huge. Yeah. So others don't know much about him. The things he does is mysterious to them. The What is unknown to himself is also small. And then what is unknown uh, uh, to both of you mm-hmm. is also small. So he knows about himself, but the public does not know much. That is more like a facade pain. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and uh, I, for me, I think that the fears, his fears, do not allow for testing views of information in public. So what he knows, he does not want to put out. Because he, I mean, he doesn't want to go into uncontrolled situations. situations. He just wants to keep everything to his chest. You know, such leaders they ask questions but withhold their own uh, information, their own interests, their own needs, and. The challenge here is that without exposure and challenge, you your views become outdated. So you are not able to develop very quickly. You don't want anyone to challenge you. And then the next one uh, we will consider is the, we call it a bull in the uh, China shop. <laughs> when I saw it, I was smiling to myself. <laughs> the bull in the, you know, the, the, the bit that is unknown to himself is huge, but known to others. Mm-hmm. That is a blind spot. You know, I, I, when I, normally when I speak to this, I give an example of um, I, I was driving somewhere. I was turning a, a bend. I, I was comfortable. I thought I could turn. And there were people that shouting, hey, hey, stop, stop, stop. And then I asked them what's going on. They said, I was just about to fall into a, 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 a big gutter. Yes. But I couldn't see. My, my windows did not tell me. My mirrors did not tell me. I, I didn't see it myself. But they saw it. Mm. That is known to them, but unknown to me. And mm. if you turn that bend without knowing, then you are going to fall fall mm. in the in a mm. ditch. Yeah. So, with such leaders, they appear evasive. They don't even want to listen, even though they don't know the stuff. They are wondering why people keep uh, telling them this is the situation. This, and then they they, they, they come. They, they try to defend themselves all the time. You know? And then the the last one um, is when. What is unknown to yourself and unknown to others is big. So there's a lot more about you that you don't know yourself mm-hmm. and a lot more about you that others also don't know. Mm-hmm. You know so they are unaware um, of you know, what, should be, what, should, what should go on next. Such leaders do not even give out information because they don't have the information okay, about themselves and and how to react to how people can react to them and they appear to have a shell around them so really this is a leader um you because you don't know much about him you think he he knows what he's doing and he's driving he's driving but he may not he may be empty he may be empty so much more to share um 
It's two o'clock here on the, on the show. I want to get interactive so that our listeners can also Absolutely. be a part of the show, ask some questions so that we can make it relevant. Because the data we share here is not only theoretical, but we want to make it practical so that our listeners can also practicalize it in their fields of endeavor. We'll take a quick message from our sponsors. When we come back, we get interactive. favorite on-air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 551 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. Welcome back. If you've just tuned in, this is Masterclass here on your Superstation Joy 99.7. I'm here on the show on Masterclass with Mr. Martin Atafin, CEO of AfriConsult, and we're discussing the topic of leadership. We've talked about leadership styles today and different perspectives on leadership that i never looked at before. We've just discussed the Johari window. We always want to make it practical, so we're bringing it back to you. What is your style of leadership? Are you just choosing the styles in isolation or you're choosing them in context with a situation that exists within your company? What is leadership based on your understanding? Did you know that the way your followers behave is a direct reflection of the way you lead? As a follower, did you also know that the way your leader behaves is a direct reflection of how you follow? And therefore, we're a reflection of each other. The phone lines are now open. Let's get interactive. Pick up that phone, give me a call, or send me a message on WhatsApp. Numbers to call 0302-216-541. I beg your pardon. That's zero three zero two two one six five four one. I want to hear what you have to say. If you are driving, please don't call or text while you drive because we want you to arrive alive. But otherwise, pick up that phone, give me a call zero three zero two two one six five four one, or send me a comment on zero five five one 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 nine nine seven. I've got my first comment on social media. This one is from Essie. Essie says, "Good afternoon. Is micromanaging good? I realize that." When I'm being micromanaged, it kills my initiative. So as a manager, I try not to micromanage my team. But my immediate supervisor does it to me. Thanks, Essie. Essie, thanks you. thank you for coming through. Can we just quickly respond to Essie? Uh, and then we'll take a few more comments while we wait for the phone lines to ring. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Essie. Uh, <laughs> micromanaging. Uh, it depends on the situation. I wouldn't say it's the, it's the best because it doesn't allow the employee to be able to uh, uh, um, uses full potential and, and, and it depresses the employee so I can understand the situation she's in mm. but somebody will micromanage um, because he wants the work to be done and done to a certain uh, uh, perfection but if you use the facilitative style you don't have to micromanage or even if you do micromanage your, your employee will see we are working on this th- thing together we'll be even happy to do something and come and show it to you and say this is where we are at and then we move to the next level so you facilitate and allow the employee's potential to come out mm-hmm. but if you micromanage at every step uh, of the way you will lose your employee so it's not the best but what we're saying is that let's also review the situation that exists which may or may not have caused Absolutely. that to happen I've got Edmond from North Legon Edmond says good afternoon Masterclass Excellent presentation. Kindly assist me to find responses to the following questions um, in leadership. Uh, He goes on to say, what kind of leadership style should be recommended for organizations that are customer service oriented? Let's take that one first. 
customer service oriented very quickly. I think we're, we don't have a lot of time. What kind of leadership style should be recommended for organizations that are customer service oriented? So um, organizations that are customer service oriented, meaning that the staff themselves will be client facing. Exactly. So if I'm leading a team that is that, that is client facing, I have to be able to let them appreciate the fact that um, they have to be people oriented, relationship relationship oriented. Mm-hmm. So that is how I will look at it. So I will, you know, for me leading them, I will get close to them, uh, uh, speak to them, allow us to be able to build relationships. With, so it, will, uh, it will be more of a facilitative kind of approach. It would also be a facilitative. You see, that's, you see why I like that that, that approach because <laughs> it allows the 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 that's dexterity. You're able to move it around and make it fit and, and make the effect because you're teaching them, and then you even learn from the situation and then build the specific kind of style that you want to drive. Right. Second question: It says, what kind of leadership style is most suitable for consistently poor performing corporate organizations? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. It's a bit of an ambiguous question because it depends on what they're doing as a corporate, isn't it? Uh, but generally, can we help him? Yeah, you see. Generally. Uh, yeah, the, the, for, for an organization, you look at it and you see where, where your performance is. Maybe the, the perform, you are not performing only because people are not focusing on the tasks. Maybe you're not performing, not because they're not, but they're not focusing on the people because there's, you need people to be able to deliver on the tasks. So depending on the willingness and unwillingness of the people to deliver, mm. you will actually have to match what kind of the leadership style that you need to use. So it cannot be um, uh, uh, one, one hat fits all. You need to be able to assess the people and then assess the task that needs to be but done. Having said that, the reaction in for most corporates this side in this country, most I say most corporates guidedly, uh, forgive me if you're not one of those corporates, is to crack the whip. Whenever there's poor performance, we crack the whip and then we get down to it and we start micromanaging everybody. And I think that's a question that Edmond is asking, that if you can't get it done, I will do it for you, which is what, where SC was also coming from. So our experience is that when there's continuous poor performance, there's micromanagement. But, yeah. but should that be the, the right thing? You see, you, you find that there's a challenge somewhere there because you're cracking the whip, but you're not focusing on the employee engagement. Are, they, are your employees engaged? Because when you engage, when they are when they are engaged, they will perform even better than what they will perform. They will do you when you crack the question. Engage them when you speak to their hearts. You get more from them. When Absolutely. you force them, they do only what you ask Absolutely. and they leave it. And, and they leave it. So you, whilst you want uh, you want them to deliver, you are looking at the, the your corporate value proposition. You need to consider the employees' value proposition as well, and they will work with their hearts and their minds. I see. So have a bit of control. But don't be too also uh, easy on them because when you are easy, you get close to abdicating and then you're not there. So a fair balance is, is, is needed. Yes. Okay. So easy on them that doesn't even mean abdicating. You are actually ensuring that the tasks are delivered. Mm. Remember the executive style, you are ensuring that the tasks are delivered. Mm. However, you are also making sure that your people orientation is working very well. The last one, he says, what kind of leadership style is required for leading people on the African continent? <laughs> I hear a prejudice in that question, Edmund. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know where I'm laughing. We've had, we've had discussions on this, and people are saying that we shouldn't even have a democracy. We should have a, 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 a what a monarchy, mm. and then just listen to the king, and then you no. Know, but 
people are people. But the context is the African continent. That's what I'm saying. That that's what I'm, I was about to say. <laughs> that people are people. I mean, whether they are in Africa, they are in Europe, they are everywhere. These are people, and there are ways to work with people to be able to get value from. Let them. me throw this in the spokes, and it's just to to represent the other side of the conversation. So I have been at a at a leadership conversation table like this, and I've argued that there are different types of leadership. So let's say that. What the United States does is laissez-faire, democracy, a few other countries, uh, you know, ascribe to it. What China does is the extreme opposite. They are both at the table. They are both on the G8. They are both strong economies. In fact, China's economy today is bigger than the U.S. What, and they have a few, a few fewer ministers of state than the U.S. has. <laughs> Which type of leadership? Force me to, if you like, don't do it. Sleep at 6 o'clock. If you like, don't sleep at 6 o'clock. Okay. It works. It gets the results. Or, oh, you need to sleep at 6 o'clock because, you see, if you're on the streets, it causes the street to wear off and all that. I'm not saying answer you today. I'm, I, I, I'm just throwing I, it I, I hear you. I was also <laughs> going to be the host and throw you a question to say, um, which of the two countries are probably happy? The, the people. Who cares? I'm a happiness. I'm just uh-huh. asking. I'm just saying, I'm leaving, please. It, is, it does not represent my personal... <laughs> Thank I will get to my job done. <laughs> yes. It's a big conversation. Yes. I think yes. that people have sentiments about this whole thing, you know, Absolutely. the styles of leadership so, and all that. Exactly. And that's where so, everyone is coming. Exactly. From. You have to get a job done. But in order to get a job done, you need to use the people to get a job done. Yeah. Somebody will use the carrot, somebody will use the stick. Yeah. Somebody will use uh, 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 will use both to get the job done. Ultimately, the job has to get done. Okay, this one, uh, you didn't add your name. It says, what's the best way for a leader to get financial support for a company? I'm not too sure how. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, but it's a, it's a question they're all the same. I've got a few more minutes to take a phone call if anyone can slip one through. Uh, 0302216541. Or you can also send your comments on 055111997. Styles of leadership. What's your personal experience? Are you a follower? Are you a leader? What's going on in your environment, in your company? How are you leading? How are you being led? Pick up that phone. Give us a call. 0302-216-541. Or send us your comments on 055-11-11997. Yes. He says, what's the best way for a leader to get financial support for a company? <laughs> I don't know what I... I suppose go to the sources, isn't it? I, 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 want, I guess he wants to see the use of the styles of leadership. If you were, let's say, um, an autocratic leader... Um, would you, I don't know, I guess he wants to draw some lines between um, people being risk-averse and being reckless. And, and, and being reckless. You know, and going for a loan every time or building it gradually. Yeah, because, I, because from, I, I, I'm thinking that if I was an investor, um, yes, you can, you, can draw the, you can try and draw the line. If I was an investor, I want to see how long this organization will, will survive. And maybe your style of leadership it will be running the, the business, um, you know, to the bottom. So you want to see a leader who is building uh, uh, others, a leader who is leading them, allowing uh, people to, you know, because these days um, um, we, we have moved from uh, career building to talent management. So people's talents should be able to be seen. If I see that you are, you are developing people's talents, etc., then I'll be uh, uh, I'll more, be more inclined to say, I can give you money, I can invest in you because your business is going to survive much longer. So that brings us back to the facilitative mm-hmm. leader. I remember last week you were talking about conscious incompetence. Absolutely. Is that the same as apathy? Conscious, yes, conscious incompetence can be apathy. You know that you don't know and you're not doing anything about it. You can't be bothered. But you, yes, but if you know you don't know, it's a good point because then you can actually 
start doing something about it's it. It's a good place to start. Exactly. Because it is the action, the, the, the position is there, but the action that you have to take, whether you just sit or do something about it, makes a difference. Okay, that's another question I picked up earlier on in the week on social media. It says, does temperament determine the leadership style which is suitable for a situation? Yes, um, uh, I think maybe maybe next week when we get the yeah, time, we'll look at the Myers Briggs type ind- indicator, mm, mm. and and that is one area of looking at uh, different personalities and how the uh, impact of leadership. But yes, uh, um, it can impact on the, your leadership style, um, because the example I gave the last time is that if you just look at the ex- uh, extraversion and introversion, and uh, you can have a leader who is an introvert, another one who is uh, extroverted. One who likes to work with people and one who does not like to work with people, definitely it will impact on the style that um, he has. Okay, so this one just came to me while you were talking. Can one be a leader if they do not like confrontation? I, I, I think that... Can there be leadership without confrontation? I suppose the same question. I, 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 mm-hmm. I don't... If you're too nice, you might not be able to... <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there, there will be there will be will be confrontations. It's how you deal with the confrontation. You know, but somebody can deal with the, with confrontation in a very nice way, and it's been dealt with. You think that generally, in your experience with Stratcom, with Anglo Gold, with all the companies you've worked with, generally this side of the world, and I'm talking this side because these are my people. These are we're starting from here. Do we have a deficiency when it comes to confrontation handling? While we're talking about leadership, as business owners, as leaders, as managers, as as Ghanaians, as Ghanaians, do we handle confrontation effectively? Yeah. It, it looks like um, Ghana is kind of synonymous to Famanyami. <laughs> <laughs> so we we'll give it to God. Yeah. So, yeah, some, so, so that deficiency, the, the, uh, uh, that that deficiency is there, and you find that those who manage to handle confrontation, they kind of surface. You know, at the top, and they manage to drive and make decisions, and not be bothered whether the decisions are going to impact on on the people or not. But it's the way is the way you manage it. I, I've I've seen uh, you know a leader managing situations that either could have been a confrontation, you know, on somebody's aspect, but he's managed to they carry it along and gotten the same resolve and solution. So it doesn't have to be a shouting match, mm. but. It can be managed. Interesting. What's our take out from our conversation today on leadership styles and what should we look forward to in our conversation next week? I believe that leadership styles for 